My job at the time was giving me like a lot of stress, just a lot of anxiety. And I was like, you know what? Life's too short for this. So when I left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because I just quit my nine to five where I worked my ass off, you know, to become a marketing manager there and a social media manager. Why don't I take everything that I've learned in business school, everything that I learned over the last four years of my job and apply it to my own brand, but my own brand being myself. Welcome back everyone. I'm joined by the incredible Nitsan Raider. I've been a longtime follower of hers back when she was beauty rewritten. And if you don't know who she is, she's a marketing professional turned content creator turned business owner. So she was working three years um, at a top beauty brand and then doing content creation on the side. And then she decided to risk it all and make it a full-time career. She's built an amazing community. Um, I'm sure if you're on Instagram, you've heard of her. And she's also the founder of Mind Your Business. So it teaches content creators all the tools and info that you need to just kind of run your social media business. I know a lot of my friends are even beauty influencers or people just are curious about the industry and like how to get started. So she's like the perfect person to ask. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm excited to dive in and to just learn more again about the fashion industry. For my listeners that know, I'm, I work with Justin Say, so he's a tech influencer. He's been in the industry for such a long time and it's so different. So. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to hear more about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Um, so my first question is, so before we get into like content creation, I know you were born and raised in Israel. I'd love to learn more about your childhood and like your high school life and everything. And, and if I were to ask your friends, what were you were like back then? What would they say? That's actually a great question. I haven't gotten this question before. So I love that because I feel like in podcasts, we usually jump straight into the meat, but it's really nice to reflect on how things were. And I guess growing up in Israel, um, I don't have, I mean, I have a lot of memories of it because I moved to Canada when I was eight and a half. So my, my early childhood was in Israel, but in terms of like growing up here in Toronto, what my friends would say, I honestly think I was a very reserved person in high school, believe it or not. Um, I was very shy. I wasn't super outgoing. And I feel like even now, I don't know if I really am, but I know with my platform, if, with what I do now, I'm constantly putting myself out there. So it's just so funny how things work out that, you know, my career ends up being this thing where I continuously put myself out there where that was like my biggest fear growing up. You know, I moved schools a lot, actually. Um, and I was never like, you know, super popular or anything like that. Um, it's, so it's just funny how life works out and, you know, the career that I have now. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like most people think content creators or influencer, whatever term you want to use, that they're pretty outgoing. So you have to like post for a camera. There's a lot of networking and you have to work with brands. And for someone that, you know, if you're more like introverted, how has that like affected you in the in industry and with growth and everything? Now, obviously you're a great speaker and all that, but when you first started, what was that journey like for you? Well, you know what? It's so funny to think back to this, but I really had a fear of public speaking mm -hmm. and it wasn't something that I truly like remember growing up. I mean, I, I would always be afraid to stand up in front of a class and talk like I'd get in my head, I'd get nervous. But there was one incident in summer school where I fully had like that movie scene, freaking out, standing in front of the class, starting to sweat, forgetting my words and running out crying. And that happened, I want to say when I was like grade 11. 
maybe yeah summer of grade 11 and that kind of scarred me so when I got to university I went to business school at the Schulich School of Business and there's a lot of presentations in business school so I had to learn to overcome that and then when I got a job working you know in the marketing industry too there's a lot of presentations to your managers and I just constantly had to put myself out there and I think it's really interesting how a lot of content creators are actually very reserved because when you think about it you're working just with yourself yes you're putting yourself out there but only when you really think about it because otherwise it's you and your phone and you and your content but i mean it comes down to wanting this so bad and wanting this career so bad and loving what you do that you will continue to get over that fear and get better because you don't want to do anything else you know Totally. Yeah. And were you always into the fashion industry and beauty industry? Did you feel like you could relate to if there were influencers when you first started or celebrities before you got into that space? Yeah, I mean, definitely into fashion and like Mm -hmm. shopping and makeup, you know, all all the girly things growing up. I was definitely like a girly girl, never a tomboy. I don't do sports. (laughs) All I do like shopping was my sport, Um, but never in the sense where I was like, I want to work in the fashion industry. I actually really wanted to become a singer when I was younger. So the people I looked up to were like the Disney stars and, you know, Miley Cyrus. And um, that was kind of like my inspo, which is funny because in a way I feel like being a content creator and getting a following, you are somewhat, you know, in the entertainment industry too. But yeah, I mean, I love fashion, but I never thought I'd, you know, be doing something in the industry for real. Yeah. I like how that's really like when people ask me what I want it to be, it's so random. I want it to be an optometrist, which is like, no way. <laughs> any sense. I think I just like thought it was so cool. And I thought that I didn't need to go to like any sort of doctoring or medical school. I'd like, I thought it was just like an undergrad and ready to go. And now I'm in social media, but it's nice to hear that you had something like sort of related. Cause for me, I'm like, yeah, I want to be an optometrist. Which it's is so like- funny how life works out. Like I didn't, when I, fully accepted that I'm not going to be a pop star. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Like I got into business school. It was a great school. So I decided to go and just really loved marketing. And then like one thing led to another, I got in a job in the beauty industry and then I started an Instagram and it's just, it's a funny story, but it's like, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up fully. So you just have to just roll with life sometimes and see where it takes you. Totally. Yeah. And I'd love to hear when you first took that first day when you're like, I'm going to do this full time. So when you left your job and you're like, I'm going to jump into this, were you like, holy shit, I need to like put all my time into this. Were you stressed out or were you, did you just feel like it was the right decision? It's actually never something that I fully considered doing until it kind of just happened. I wasn't happy um, where I was working. My job at the time was giving me like a lot of stress, just Mm -hmm a lot of anxiety. And I was like, you know what? Life's too short for this. So when I left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because I just quit my nine to five where I worked my ass off, you know, to become a marketing manager there and a social media manager. And why don't I take everything that I've learned in business school, everything that I learned over the last four years of my job and apply it to my own brand, but my own brand being myself. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was worried um, and knew I had to give it my everything. And I just remember, you know, like my parents were very supportive. I was living at home at the time. So I was able to kind of have the time to figure it out, but I just like started going. I remember I made like little sticky notes of all the things I had to do and things that to get in order and just didn't 
have a plan B. All I wanted was this. So I just kept working at it. Okay. Amazing. And what was your first brand partnership? If you remember, I actually do. It was urban planet. Okay. Um, I think it was like $60 for a photo. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm making $60 by posting on Instagram. What is this world? This is so cool. I remember receiving a package for them with like a bunch of options for what I wanted to shoot. And I was like, this is the coolest job ever. And I was still working on my nine to five at the time. So it was just nice, like side money. Um, I never thought I could fully turn it into a business, but that was my first brand partnership. Totally. Yeah. And being in the fashion industry, I'm I'm assuming there's a lot of like, instead of paid work, there's exchanges of product or gifting that people like to call it. Um, The influencer I work for, he's like pretty strict now because he's been in the business for so long that he doesn't want to do gifting, wants to be paid. Do you find that still, maybe not for you, but for younger creators that it's harder to get, you know, paid and companies or fashion brands are still wanting to just do gifting? Yes and no. I mean, I still accept gifting from brands I love because it's fun. I love supporting brands that I believe in, you know, things that I wear, things that I use. It's great to be, you know, gifted them. Mm -hmm. When it comes to work that you have to do in exchange for gifted product, that's where it honestly for me depends on the brand. And I dive more into this in one of my course lessons Mm -hmm. on Mind Your Business, but it's fully looking at this opportunity and saying, you know, can this brand give me more than just the product? Because sure, I may not be getting compensated for my work at the very start, at least when you're building a name for yourself mm-hmm. and your platform, but are they going to repost my photo and will that get me more you know, traction? Will I reach more people? So there's this, like you have to weigh the, the cost and benefit of each opportunity like that. But at the same time, I don't think it's more difficult to get paid now. I think you just have to know how to pitch yourself Mm-hmm. Um, and how to speak up for your work. Yeah. Yeah. And now that there's, a, I feel like there's definitely a lot more content creators than when people, I guess, first started. What are your yes. thoughts on collaboration versus, you know, competition in the space? Like obviously you and your girls are so tight and you guys do a lot of collaboration, but there's, how do you avoid, you know, maybe not comparing yourself, maybe not to your friends, but to other creators in the space. Cause that can be like, it's really easy to compare yourself. Yeah, I think there's room for everyone in the industry. And there's such an amazing thing about collaboration where you get to network and connect with people who are similar to you. Because a lot of the time when you start in this career, all your friends, you know, either have a different type of job or they're in a different industry. So it's nice to find a group of people that you can connect with and build a community for yourself. But it also really helps, especially in the beginning, to reach more people by just, you know, supporting one another. I remember back in the day, there were a lot of like story shout outs. You would like get 10 group of content creators and you all shout each other out. And it, it is somewhat transactional, but at the end of the day, if it comes from a good place, I think it's amazing. And that's how I met two of my best friends. Um, and when it comes to online comparisons, that's tough because it still happens to me. I think it's natural. It's just a matter of catching yourself when you're doing it and giving yourself or working to build tools that you can go back to and be like, Hey, I don't enjoy this feeling. This actually doesn't feel good to me. This is why I think I'm amazing. I'm actually going to choose to look at these, you know, other people and celebrate their success and get inspired by it rather than, you know, compare myself and my journey to what they're on. Cause everyone at the end of the day is on their own path and their own journey. So it's just important to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you keep your content genuine by knowing like your page is also, it's a business as well. Right. And you're also yeah. about stuff that you love, but again, it's, you want to build a business. So how do you 
like create your feed so it's still genuine to you while still being a business? It is tough. I mean, now with having content creation be my full-time job and also having my new business, which turned into a whole other business that I run, I feel like I really am, you know, in the middle of two businesses. So in the midst of that, to find time to create content organically, not just content that I'm working with brands for is tough, but it's just important to slot that time into your calendar. And it's something personally, I even feel I can improve on. And it's just remembering at the end of the day that you're creating content for your audience, but your audience, you wouldn't have a platform. You wouldn't be getting these opportunities and just always coming back to creating content that gives them value and making sure that even at a point where you've grown and you've made all these relationships and your network has grown, you start almost thinking of, Hey, you know, who's watching me right now. I have to be play the certain image, but it's really important to snap out of that and remember that you're creating content for your audience with value for your audience, not anyone else. And that's how you keep it going. Totally. Yeah. And you brought up, um, you know, the course, mind your business. Um, what is kind of the biggest problem or issue do you find that your students are coming with? Is it the brand partnerships? Is it like advocating for themselves? I'd love to hear that. Well, here's the thing. I think it's everything because Mm -hmm. the reason I launched Mind Your Business was that when I started out, there was nowhere to get this information. The industry is so new and people are doing it, but no one was sharing, you know, how do I reach out to brands? How do I negotiate for myself? How much should I be charging? And not just that, what am I charging for? Like, I need to understand, you know, what's exclusivity, what's whitelisting, you know, how do I even find brand contacts? There's so much that one, I'm just really passionate about just from my business experience. And I'm just like very type A, love this kind of stuff. But that was the reason I decided to launch it because it's questions I've consistently received over the last few years until I launched the course that I was like, you know what, let me put this information together, make it into lessons, really give people like downloads that they can use. You know, how do I track my partnerships? Let me make that in in an Excel format and give it to people and teach them how to turn their social media into their career. So there's not one thing that I feel like people really struggle with, but it's more so just the understanding as a whole and how to really monetize it at the end of the day. Yeah. What's been rewarding for you? And I know creating a course can be a lot of work like we did as well. And it took us so long. Um, But I'm wondering, like, what's the most rewarding aspect for you to have this business in the course? Really, the most rewarding is when I get messages from girls being like, I just quit my nine to five or I'm working with a brand now that you know, I could have only dreamed of working with one day, or I just made no X amount of money. I was able to save for a year of rent. So I get to move out. And it's all thanks to the strategies that you taught me. And that's crazy because I think there's obviously imposter syndrome is very popular in today's world, especially when you're comparing yourself online. So even myself, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, who am I to teach this information? Like, but you just have to remember this stuff is valuable and everyone has knowledge to share. And when you put it together and spend a lot of time on a course, it is super rewarding when you're seeing the proof of concept actually happen for people who are purchasing the course and, you know, applying what you're teaching them. Cause it's not a quick fix. It's not like, Hey, here's my course. You're going to blow up on Instagram. You're going to get all these partnerships. It's, Mm -hmm. you really have to want it. You really have to understand, like take notes throughout the course, apply it to your everyday life and what you're doing. And then the results come. So it's those, you know, top students or, the ones who really put the time in that see such insane results. And that is crazy for me. Totally. Yeah. Damn. So, okay. So I feel like you're very busy. You've got this business, you've got your own. Are you, I know you're on YouTube a bit. Are you planning on expanding on, you know, more on YouTube and on TikTok? 
there's so many different platforms that I know it can be like very content fatigue. So how do you avoid that burnout having all these businesses? It's challenging for sure. I think for me, it was recognizing over the last couple of years that video content is super important and you want to be where your audience is. So I have incorporated more TikTok into my strategy, whereas YouTube was really fun and I was really active on it. I feel like last year, especially with my wedding series, which I had such a good time with, but I don't find it as fun right now, just because of the amount of work, the amount of you know, time and it's really hard to grow there. So I look at that as like my super engaged community. The people who follow me on YouTube are, you know, like super into my brand. And I feel like it's like a friendship with the, with my YouTube subscribers, but I don't post as often just because at the end of the day, you really can't do it all. And it's about finding a system that works for you and setting goals of how many times you want to post on whatever platform and just trying to do it. So for me, it's Instagram, obviously TikTok my two businesses. And then sometimes YouTube happens as well, but it's tough. You can't do it all. (laughs) No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I'm assuming you have a team with you and I'd love to hear like the breakdown of how you grew the team, um, as well as if you have agents as well. And like the breakdown of what the Nitsan Raider brand looks like. Yeah. So I don't have an agent. I'm self-managed and I have been since the beginning. I just haven't found, and this isn't to say managers are not amazing because my husband's actually a manager and I see how incredible he is, but it's about finding the right fit for you and someone who believes in your brand and will advocate for you and just sees the potential and the growth. And I find that with a lot of agencies today, it's really tough to stand out and it becomes, you know, you're just a face on a roster if it's a really big agency or, you know, I just never truly think that someone will fight for you as much as you fight for yourself. So that's why even with the course, I always say, even if you have a manager, it's so important to understand your business and be able to vouch for yourself and understand how your business works because you want to be involved. So for me, I don't have a manager. I'm self-managed, but I did grow a team, which has been really exciting. It started with a content editor and she was even like not even freelance, I guess she was freelance and then part-time and then full-time. And now she's been with me for almost three years. And that was amazing just to outsource content editing and kind of recognizing, you know, this is where I spend a lot of my time. And if I free this time, I can create more content and continue building my business. And with that, when I launched Mind Your Business, it was so successful that I was like, "Uh oh, this isn't just a project. I think there's a real need for this in the industry. I could turn this into a business. So I decided to hire someone on to just help me build it and just really manage everything, mind your business. Um, And recently, as of two months ago, I also hired a third member to the team who's now my partnerships manager. So I wouldn't say she's my manager, but I decided to instead bring it from in-house and have someone just dedicated to my brand partnerships and relationships, just because it's so time consuming to keep up with emails and back and forth with content submission and, you know, even connecting with people and and figuring, you know, how to have a, an amazing relationship with each one of my brand clients. Mm-hmm. So I brought her on as well. So those are the three roles that I have on my team at the moment. Wow. Amazing. And are you hoping to grow the team? Do you have any goals for your business where you're going to need, you know, like a bigger team down the line? Definitely. I already have some you know, ideas in mind or roles in mind that I really want to hire for, but I want to take my time and not take on more than I can chew. I think Mm -hmm. it's really tough to run a business and also 
be the business. Like I am the brand and the product, but I also need to do the back work, you know? And I, I mean, that's not to say I don't work with an accounting firm and like a lawyer, cause you really can't do it all. But I want to find a structure first where I feel like I can handle it because running a team is tough. It's you want to, you know, make sure everyone's happy. Everyone has a different personality. You want to motivate them. You want to also make sure everyone's working efficiently. It's a, it's expensive to have a team. Yes. Human capital is very expensive. <laughs> so um, one one step at a time. But I definitely see the team growing and it's really exciting. Um, I don't know to what level because a part of me loves, you know, the small team environment where you can have a personal relationship with everyone. Um, it's kind of like, you know, all hands on deck, very startup vibes, but there's definitely a lot of roles that I would love to hire for just to be more efficient with my time. Totally. And how have you felt being in that leadership position and being that the boss? It's challenging because again, that imposter syndrome kind of kicks in and you're like, well, who am I to run a business? I, I, no one taught me this in business school. Even I wish they taught me about taxes and I wish they taught me about how to run a company. Um, cause they taught me accounting and finance and all the good stuff, but not this. And this is, this is what I need now. Um, but you know, it's connecting with other people who do it and hearing their feedback that really helps reading books, reading online, um, in general, I feel like reading for me always, whatever kind of book it is, I'm like, oh, this will be great for my team. Or, oh, I should try this, you know, with my team and see how it helps our productivity and so on. But it's tough. It's uh, it's definitely an adjustment, but it's nice to have people also holding you accountable because as a content creator, when you start off, it's just you. And if you want to take a day off, be lazy and just chill in bed, you can when you have a team and you're also paying salaries. I can't really do that. So it's, it's, it's an adjustment, but it's been amazing. I feel very lucky that I'm able to, you know, have a team around me. Yeah. Yeah. And on our end, we're a team of four, five actually. And we're all under the age of 25 and I've always kind of worked in corporate and marketing. So changing into this was like so crazy. I know for him, like his biggest struggle was that we're all friends, but he's also our boss at the end of the day. So do you ever struggle with that? Cause you have a personal relationship with your employees, obviously, but at the end of the day, he's like, Oh, I need to be a boss. But yeah, I've just never been in an environment where I was friends, like personally with my coworkers and my boss. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something really special and, really valuable because in a corporate setting you don't really get that Mm -hmm. and I know what it's like to work I mean given that I worked for a small company back then too but I know what it's like to you know have an environment where you don't feel like safe at all times Mm -hmm. so for me it's really important to foster an environment of you know safety and comfort and we all have a personal relationship but definitely you know as a boss or someone reading the reading someone leading the company you do want to have those boundaries because it does get difficult i mean i i have friends who hired on friends and i have friends who hired strictly for the business mm-hmm. and both come with different challenges but it's important to keep your boundaries but at the same time it's like you know i'm not this like ceo of a you know i don't know like i don't want to put too much pressure on my pressure on myself mm-hmm. where i have to always have the answers and know exactly how to do this because the truth is I don't, and I'm hiring people onto my team to help me figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it's just creating a fun environment, having a good time, respecting each other, respecting everyone's work-life balance too, and just making sure everyone feels good. Yeah, totally. And before we get into the rapid fires, I love that. So sabotage anyone who hasn't listened, definitely listen. Do you guys have plans to further grow that? Obviously I love podcasts and I know that you guys recorded in a studio, Um, Do you plan on doing like more video format? I'm just curious. 
We are definitely discussing it. We're working on a few things at the moment, even aside from the podcast that are taking up our time. Um, so there's things coming where it's, it's definitely challenging because we don't live in the same city. So as much as we'd love to go in and record every you know Monday, it's a lot more difficult for us, especially with our travel schedule. But we're very lucky to just have our friendship be the foundation of it. So it just feels like we're working on fun projects with each other, like for fun. And then we end up you know, releasing it to the community, but there's things in motion in there for sure. Amazing. Yeah. You guys do such a good job. Obviously you guys are really close and it just feels like we're just like another friend listening into your conversations. So. Oh, I love that. I, I appreciate that. We've gotten that a lot and that's the best yeah. compliment. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, do you want to get to rapid fires just to just end the episode? Sure. Okay. Um, so you talked about your wedding and it was iconic for anyone who hasn't seen it. Absolutely beautiful. Is there something that you wish that you had at your wedding that you didn't? Yeah, my family. I know that's <laughs> that's a very serious answer, but we got married during the height of COVID and my family all lives in Israel and there were travel restrictions at the time. So that was tough. I would have loved to have my grandmothers there um, and other family members. So that's probably the number one. Okay. But other than that, there's nothing else I feel like we honestly missed because it was such an amazing night and so much fun that it probably is just the people. Yes, yes. Good answer. Um, okay. If your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would you want to play you? Ooh, I want to say Anne Hathaway because I think she's so right. cool. Yes, I agree. And I love her. And genre, I feel like it would be rom-com mm -hmm. with a little bit of like, I guess, I don't know if emotional is a genre, but like, I definitely am dramatic uh, and like, yeah, yeah. well, like stress and like, you know, so I, I need a, lot, a little bit of drama, a little bit of emotion, yes, yes. romance, comedy. You got it all. Somewhere. Yeah, I can't choose. <laughs> um, okay, what is something you wish people would ask you more often? Hmm. I'm really slowing down this rapid fire, hey? No, no, it's fine. So. Why would they ask me? I don't know. I think maybe, honestly, people are pretty good at it. I was going to say, like, asking a creator, like, how are you actually doing? You know, like, you're putting out so much time and so much content for us. How are you doing? Are you good? Because there's this pressure sometimes to always have to create content and produce more and more and more. But, I mean, people do check. I do get those messages like, hey, just wanted to make sure you're doing good, like, and that's really nice but more of that maybe okay, cool. <laughs> um and who would you let dress you to meet the queen your boyfriend or sorry your husband or your mom absolutely my husband my mom would sabotage me love her <laughs> but we just have very different styles honestly josh yeah. will help me pick out my outfits really important okay. things he has a, he loves fashion and he has a great eye yes. he'll be like mm, no you should try it with this or no i don't like this or why don't you like go for this. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. And he jokes that I actually copy his outfits, which I'll admit here. Sometimes I do, but not intentionally. Like I'll just see him in like black jeans and a fuzzy, like checkered jacket. And I'll just end up wearing that by accident. And he's like, why are you copying me? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <So> probably Josh. <laughs> yeah, no, my boyfriend and I too, we live together and we just like wear the same, like I'm like copying his style. Cause he's so like skater boy has all these cool tattoos. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be cool. Like, but you know what? It's a thing. It's a thing that you end up getting inspired by the person you're living with. And I'm not going to lie. Josh wears my stuff too. Sometimes Oh, okay. I'll take like a sweatpants. I'm sent. I'll wear yeah. those. He actually, I bought myself cargo pants how are the same size I don't know um he has great jeans but yeah. he took my cargo pants okay so nice. 
We share. Yes. Nice. Okay. Um, if your friends could give you an award for something, what would it be? Being organized mm. and having an Excel spreadsheet or a PowerPoint ready at all times. We That's love me. an organized queen. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, what's one of your favorite birthdays that you've had? Hmm. Probably the one I can really think of is when I turned 10. I know that's so random, but I was in Israel at the time. We were visiting my family. So I had my grandparents there, all my cousins. We went to this restaurant. Given Josh wasn't in the picture. So I always say like my best memories. I just wish I could just insert Josh into them because that was before we knew each other. Um, But it was really fun. I just remember being super happy and feeling like I was so old that I turned to be two digits, you know, from nine to 10. I was like, oh, I'm a person now. And it was cool. I had a good time. That's a good birthday. Okay. Um, And two last questions. If you had $50,000 to use for your business, what would you do with it? Hmm. I want to say either hire on a role Mm -hmm. that I think I need or honestly invest into further invest and just like play around with into other projects that we're working on at the moment and developing those. Okay, cool. Um, And last question, who are the three most influential people in your life? The three most influential people in my life are one would be my grandmother Ever since I was little, she probably inspired my love for fashion and just like the fashion industry. She was always like super well-dressed, would make her own clothing, so creative, so athletic, so young for her age, just an icon. So her, um, I would say my mom, because of her, just her nature, she's so caring and giving. And I feel like I'm very similar to her in a lot of qualities, good and bad, but it is what it is. And the last would probably be my dad too, because he really instilled in me that I can do anything I want when I was younger, even when it was conquering fears or, you know, going after this business, he's been so supportive and gave me a lot of confidence. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nitsan. Where can everyone find you and your course and everything? So you can find me at Nitsan Raider on Instagram. That's N-I-T-S-A-N-R-A-I-T-E-R. And everything really is linked on my profile as well. But the Mind Your Business Instagram page is Mind Your Business Official and MindYourBusinessOfficial.com is the website. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. (laughs)